If you turn in the Word of God this evening, we're in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to preach tonight. And uh, especially following Pastor Brown's message this morning, I am very aware of my inadequacies and uh, shortcomings. But I heard a preacher say once, I'm not a great preacher, but I preach a great book. And uh, it's my prayer tonight that you'd look past me and that you'd allow the Word of God to speak to your heart. Romans chapter 1, we're going to read four verses as we dive in tonight. Romans chapter 1, I'll start reading in verse 13. Paul writing here says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Paul is writing to the Romans here, and this is a church he's never been to. And he's expressing his desire to come and visit them. Verse 14 says, I am a debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So, as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Let's pray. Lord, we do love you this evening. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the ability to come to church and worship you. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to my heart. I pray you'd speak to each heart here, Lord. I pray you'd give us exactly what we need this evening. Lord, and you'll get all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray, and amen. I don't know about you, but I want to live an unashamed life for Christ. You look at the Apostle Paul, especially through the book of Acts, and you see someone who is living an unashamed life. Basically, from the moment of his conversion, he never stops preaching. Whether it's in a formal setting in the Jewish tabernacle, or whether it's one-on-one, thinking Lydia at the riverside, Paul is constantly, wherever he's going, sharing the gospel. He's an unashamed Christian in a time when there was a lot of pressure on a Christian. Think of the Roman Empire and the persecutions that were coming with it. And there was pressure on Paul and there was pressure on those other Christians not to stand up for their faith. But we see the exact opposite from those early Christians. And Paul in particular. Paul might be one of the greatest Christians who ever lived. And he's one of the greatest soul winners. Everywhere he went, he was sharing the gospel. And we need that more than ever today. We live in a world where, while there might not be the physical pressure that Paul was facing, there is certainly cultural pressure, and there is certainly um, societal pressure on you and I today as Christians that is pressuring us, rather than living an unashamed life, to live a life as a Christian where we cower and where we're in fear of those around us. And we're going to be examining tonight this passage that we read And we're going to be looking at how Paul was able to live an unashamed life in the face of this pressure. If you look first of all with me, in Romans chapter 1, we looked at verse 14. I want you to notice those first three words. He said, I am debtor. I am debtor. Both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Both to the wise and to the unwise. So if we're going to live an unashamed life, we first have to have the same mindset as Paul. And that is that he was a debtor. Now that begs the question, what is he a debtor to? A debt means that something has been given you and you're to pay it back. Now I want to make this abundantly clear. Paul was not paying for his salvation. 
Paul was not saying, I'm a debtor because I've been saved, and so I'm working to pay off my salvation. That's not what Paul was saying. Just a couple chapters over, you don't have to turn there, but in Romans chapter 5, he uses the word free gift seven times in the space of just four verses in regards to salvation. He says in Romans chapter 5, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which by one man Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man offense death reigned by one, much more they received abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto the justification of life. And then just a chapter later, we have the very famous verse, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul was not saying he was trying to work off his salvation. Thank God we don't have to work off our salvation. A few weeks ago, I was in Utah for my honeymoon, and in the airport, we saw many of the Mormon missionaries, some of them coming, some of them leaving. And each Mormon, I believe, spends at least two years as a missionary because they believe that's part of their salvation. The Jehovah's Witnesses, we have many of them in this northeastern area, and I've seen them out when we've been door knocking. They believe their salvation is dependent on how many converts they have. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful that our salvation is a free gift, and it's not one that we're working for. So Paul is not saying he's a debtor for his salvation. What he is saying is that he's a steward. He's a steward. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. I'm reminded of the passage in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. I'm sure we're familiar with it where Jesus is giving the parable and one man is given five talents, another two, and another one. And at the end of the day, the Lord comes and he expects an account to be given. Each one of those men was a debtor for what they were given. Two of them were wise. Two of them invested it. And one of them hid it. I'm sure we're familiar with that. And that's the situation that each one of us are in. We've been given the gospel. We've been given the gospel. That's the greatest gift anyone could have. And that makes us a steward. That makes us a debtor. Luke 12.48 says, For unto whomsoever much is given, of whom much shall be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. You and I have a responsibility with the gospel. What are we going to do with it? What is our mindset when it comes to the gospel? Is it one of, oh, I've been given to it, and now I'm just going to let it sit? That's not the mindset Paul had. Paul had the mindset of a debtor. He had the mindset of being a steward of the gift of God. 1 Corinthians, we see this mindset where Paul says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. You know, we as Christians, soul winning, witnessing, sharing our faith, should not be something that's out of the ordinary. 
It should not be something that is an unusual thing. It should be part of our everyday life. Paul said, woe, that's a strong word. Paul said, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. What is our opinion when it comes to preaching the gospel? Is it, oh, if it's convenient for me, I'll share my faith? Is it, oh, if, it's, uh, if the opportunity arises? That wasn't Paul's attitude. Paul's attitude was one of, I have to preach the gospel. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. Acts 20, Paul is bidding farewell to the Ephesians, and he says this convicting phrase. I read this and I'm convicted. He says, therefore, in Acts 20:31, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone day and night with tears. I find that convicting. How many people are walking around right now that I should have witnessed to? How many people walking around right now that I passed at some point in my life and are on their way to hell right now because I should have witnessed to them? How many people, when I ignored that still small voice in my heart, are out there? Man, Paul said, I cease not to warn everyone. That's a crazy statement to me. He's saying there was not a single person that I came across that I did not warn, that I did not share the gospel with. That should be our heartbeat. That should be our goal. And I'm convicted by that, but he recognized the gift that he was given, and he recognized that he was a steward of it. He's, his mindset was that he was a debtor. He said, every single person I have the opportunity to warn, I'm not going to miss that opportunity. Paul's mindset is critical. And if you and I are going to live as unashamed Christians... That has to be our mindset. It can't be a casual mindset. It can't be a mindset of, if it's convenient for me. Because this world is not going to make it convenient for you and I. This world is not going to make it easy on us living as Christians. I think all we have to do is look around and we see that. It is not becoming easier and easier to live as a biblical Christian. But we have to have the mindset that Paul did. And... He paid this debt by sharing Christ with everyone he came in contact. He says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise wise and to the unwise. He said, everyone. He said, everyone out there, I am a debtor. I've been given the gospel. You've been given the gospel. I've been given the gospel. It's our responsibility to share. That has to be our mindset going into living an unashamed life. Now, Paul and you and I are each made a debtor the moment we get saved. We're given the gospel. We are made stewards of the gospel. That is not our choice. But our choice is what we do with that. And look in verse 15, the second verse that we read. It says, so much so, because of what we've just talked about, so as much as is in me, Note these next three words, I am ready. I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now, in our vernacular, ready, we think of being prepared. We think of getting ready to go or getting ready to do something. But this word here is not a word of preparation. Rather, the definition of this word is willing or eager with a clarity of spirit. Willing, eager. 
this readiness was not only preparation, but eagerness. The knowledge, that mindset we were talking about earlier, of being a steward, a debtor, made him do something, and it made him eager to share the gospel. Paul was made a debtor simply by being saved, and so are you and I. But it's our choice if we're going to be eager to share the gospel or not. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold, excuse me, as the manifold grace of God. So my question to you tonight is, are we eager? Now, I cannot stand here and say, I've always been eager to share the gospel. I cannot stand here and say, you know, every Saturday morning I've woken up and I've been ready and excited to go out soul winning. I cannot stand here and say, every single time, you know, I go through the cashier line in Target, I'm excited to give that person a track. Because sometimes, honestly, I just want to come in and get my coffee creamer and go. I don't want to, you know, give that person a track and have to talk with them. But that's the wrong spirit. That's the wrong spirit. That's a selfish spirit. And that's not the spirit that Paul had. He saw every single person that he came across as an opportunity to share the gospel. He saw every person as a potential a potential convert. He saw every soul as precious. When we get the opportunity to share the gospel, is our spirit reluctant? Is our spirit sort of withdrawing into ourselves? Or is our spirit one that is eager? Is our spirit looking for opportunities to share the gospel? Is our spirit one of eagerness, willingness to share the gospel? There was a uh, man on the staff at the college I went to who I got to work with closely, and he had the habit of saying whenever any ministry opportunity or anything came up like that, he would always make sure to say that he got to do something. Not that I have to go out soul winning, that I get to go out soul winning. And it got to the point where we were kind of like, yeah, okay, we get it. You know, we get to do something. We all know. We know what you're talking about. And it got kind of annoying at some point. But that's the truth of it. You and I have such an incredible opportunity to share the gospel. And so often we look at it as a burden. So often we look at it as a requirement of something to do, when in reality, we have the opportunity to touch someone for eternity. We have, this, we have the opportunity to share the truth that could bring someone from spending an eternity in hell to an eternity with God in heaven. What a privilege that is. And rather than looking at it as a drudgery or something that we have to do or something that, you know, oh, pastor got up and talked about Great Commission Saturday again. I guess, you know, maybe I'll go out this week. No, it should be an attitude of eagerness. I get to share the gospel. I get to try and change someone's life. Paul had this spirit. He knew he'd been given the great gift of the gospel. And you and I, if you're saved tonight, you and I have been given the great gift of the gospel. It's the greatest gift in the entire world. And we have the opportunity to pass it on to someone else. But so often our spirit is one of drudgery. Our spirit is one of duty, when it should be one of eagerness. Paul said he was ready. He was eager. He was looking forward to preaching the gospel at Rome. And so we come to verse 16. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. It says, For, and we see these words again, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. And Paul lived this life, this unashamed life. 
this was not just words for Paul. This was not just, you know, saying the right thing in church, saying the Christian words. No, Paul lived this life out. Why was Paul not ashamed? We're going to be looking at four reasons why Paul was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Number one, I want you to look that he knew its origin. He knew its origin. Verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ. Paul knew that this wasn't Peter's gospel. Paul knew that this wasn't, you know, the apostles' gospel. Paul knew that this gospel was of God. This gospel was of Christ. Galatians 1 Chapter, or excuse me, Galatians 1, verse 11 and 12 says, But I certify, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I received it, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul knew that this was not, you know, just some fancy words that people were saying. Paul knew that this wasn't just some inspirational uh, speech that people were giving. Paul knew that this gospel was of Christ. This gospel was from heaven. And the fact that it's from heaven, he was not ashamed of it. If it was of man, if he just learned it from Peter, I could see him when the persecution coming, and he just say, you know what? This is Peter's gospel. I'll let Peter take the persecution. I'm out. That wasn't what he did. Because it wasn't, you know, the apostles. It was from Christ. And he knew that. He knew it was Christ. He had it revealed to him from Christ personally. The gospel is not from Pastor Lejeune. The gospel is not from Pastor Brown, as we heard this morning. The gospel is of Christ. And, the gospel, and because the gospel is of Christ, it should give us the endurance when hard times come. It should give us the endurance when flack comes against our faith. Because it's not coming from a man, it's coming from God. The gospel is of Christ. Paul knew its origin. Letter, letter B, or number two, I don't remember what I said earlier. Um, whichever it is, the second one, Paul knew its support. Verse 16 goes on to say, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, that's its origin, for it is, note this, the power of God. I want you to think back with me to Acts chapter 9. Paul on the Damascus road. And he experienced that light from heaven. He experienced being knocked to the ground. He heard that voice saying, Paul, Paul, why persecutest thou me? He knew the power of God firsthand. He experienced that. And whenever you and I are tempted to be ashamed of the gospel, whether it's soul winning, whether it's just in our daily lives, all we need to do is think back to the power of God in our own lives. I don't know about you, but I know in my life I've seen the power of God. I've seen Him transform my life. I know who I am. I know how sinful I am. I know my tendencies. And I know that God has transformed my life. And if you're saved here today, I know you've seen God do the same thing in your life. And because of that, because of the power of God in your life and the power of God in my life, whenever we're tempted to be ashamed, just go back to your testimony. Just go back to where you've seen God work in your life. Because when we know the power of God firsthand, when we've experienced it, 
It doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter the criticism. It doesn't matter the pushback. We know the power of God. And Paul knew this. He knew it wasn't just him saying words. He knew there was power behind it. You know, the words that we have in this Bible, they're not just words. If they were just words, they'd have no more power than Shakespeare or, you know, Mark Twain or any other author. They'd just be a book. And there'd be no power in them. But the power comes from God. The power is in the Word of God. And there's a power to change a life. There's a power to change a heart. And Paul knew this because he experienced it. Paul knew this because he saw it in his own life. And if you're saved, you and I have seen it in our own lives. We know it firsthand. So then why are we so often tempted to be ashamed when we've seen it working in our own lives? When we're tempted to be ashamed, just go back and relive how God touched your life. Go back and relive where you were or where you could have been and how God saved you. Paul knew its support. He knew it wasn't just words he was saying. There was power to back it up. Number three, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's its origin. For it is the power of God. That's its support. Note the next two words, on to salvation. Paul knew its purpose. Paul knew its purpose. Paul knew that eternity was at stake. You know, the gospel isn't just some, you know, oh, it'll help our lives go well and we get to come to church and we have a nice community and all that. And all that's wonderful. But the gospel is about saving a soul from hell. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Paul knew that there was something bigger than himself at stake, and it was saving a soul from hell. You know, it's so easy for us to lose... Uh, it's so easy for us to miss that when we're dealing with people. That one day they will die, and their soul will spend an eternity somewhere. And when we lose sight, on, when we lose sight of that, it's easy for us to become scared. It's easy for us to withdraw ourselves. But when we remember that they're going to either spend an eternity in heaven or hell, man, it should give us a push. It should give us a drive to you know, get out of whatever fear that we have, to push past anything in our lives, because it's so much more important than ridicule. It's so much more important than anything that we might face because there's a soul at stake. Whenever we're tempted to be ashamed of the gospel, remember what's at stake. That person's soul is at stake. Every person we pass, whether it's in the grocery store, whether it's at work, that person has a soul. And that soul is at stake. And you or I, by being ashamed and not willing to share the gospel we may be taking away the only opportunity for that person to be saved. That's, that's a lot of pressure. That's a big weight. But Paul knew that this purpose, the purpose of the gospel, was worth 
taking whatever people might put at him. If he could save just one more soul, it would be worth the beatings. It would be worth the stonings. It would be worth all that Paul went through because there was souls at stake. Paul knew his purpose. On to salvation. And finally, verse 16, we see its goal. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's its origin. For it is the power of God. That's its support. On to salvation. That's its goal. And note this next three words, to everyone that believeth. You know, the wonderful thing about sharing the gospel is there's no wrong person to give the gospel to. There's no wrong person to give the gospel to. It's not like, you know, when we get to heaven, God's going to be like, you know, I really didn't want you to give that cashier a tract. You know, I really didn't want you to knock on that that door. I did not want you. No. We just read it a minute ago where it said, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but some men count slackness, but His long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Paul knew this, and he knew that as he was going, and as he was on his missionary journeys, as he was preaching, there was no wrong person to share the gospel with. So Paul decided, I'm going to share it with everyone. That was his decision. He said, there's no wrong person, so I'm going to share it with everyone. We read that verse, how he said, he warned everyone, day and night. He said, everyone needs to hear the gospel, so I'm going to share it with everyone. And that should be your mindset, and that should be my, my mindset. And I was convicted as I was putting this together, because so, so, so often that's not my mindset. So often I'm willing to go through my days and not even consider the people around me, not even consider the people I come in contact with. But Paul said, everyone needs the gospel, so I'm going to give it to everyone. I'm reminded of when Paul was in Athens. He wasn't planning on being there. He was waiting for someone to catch up with him. But he looked around and he saw the need and he saw the idolatry and said his spirit was stirred within him. And so even though he wasn't planning on being there, it wasn't his destination, he started preaching, and he started witnessing, and he started sharing the gospel. In a place where he wasn't supposed to be, he was waiting, he shared the gospel because he saw the need around him. And he said, you know what? This may not have been my plan to be here at the moment, but these people need the gospel. And so as you and I, we go through our lives, we need to be sensitive to seeing people around us. So often, I know I go through life with blinders. I'm focused on what I'm doing, and I'm not seeing the people around me. But those are souls that Jesus died for. Those are souls that He loves. Those are souls that are going to spend eternity somewhere, as we talked about a moment ago. And Paul said, everyone I get the opportunity with, I'm going to share the gospel. You know, we talked about earlier how this wasn't lip service for Paul. Paul ended his life being beheaded by a Roman emperor because he was not ashamed of his faith. You look at the apostles and you see Peter being crucified upside down. You see John being boiled in oil and then left to die in exile. And history tells us of each of those disciples and how they were martyred. And you can look through the pages of history 
and you see men and women all throughout history, they lived unashamed lives. You think of the translators of the Bible, think of John Huss and different men who were burned at the stake for trying to translate the Word of God. You, you look all through history and we see people who are willing to live unashamed lives. You know, Friday in Afghanistan, there was a Christian man who was crucified because he would not deny his faith. There was another one. He was dragged behind a truck until he died. There are people right now living unashamed lives. And so often, an inconvenience, a harsh word maybe, someone making a snide comment, and we retreat, and we put up our barriers, and we say, okay, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. We are at a point where we need unashamed Christians. We are at a point where we need Christians who are willing to take the gospel. We've been given the greatest gift in all the world. We've been given the gospel. And we need to live an unashamed life. Paul said, I am not ashamed. Paul said, I'm willing to put it all on the line. He said, I'm willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Now, I don't know that you or I will ever be forced to make that decision. I don't know. It may happen, it may not happen. But that's not the point. The point is not to... The point is to not be at that point. I'm sorry, that did not make any sense. Um... The point is not whether we would make that decision or not. The point is whether we're living it out right now. It's easy to stand here and look at the martyrs throughout history and say, I'd do that. I'd put my life on the line. I'd be willing to die for Christ. That's great. That's wonderful. And I hope that each one of us would. But the question is not for you and I right now whether we would die for Christ. It's whether we'll live for Him. The point is whether or not you and I will take the opportunities we've been given. We've been given wonderful opportunities. You know, I'm not risking my head on a chopping block for preaching tonight. You and I are not risking arrest by coming to church tonight. We've been given wonderful opportunities. So what are we going to do with them? What are we going to do with them? Are you and I going to live an unashamed life like Paul? We're already debtors. We've received the gospel. So what's our mindset? Is our mindset one of eagerness? Is our mindset one of looking for opportunities to share the gospel? Is our mindset that of, of being bold witnesses? Or is our mindset one of withdrawing? Is our mindset one of being cowed by the pressures? And there's pressure. There is undoubtedly pressure on each one of us. And if you try and take a stand for Christ, even greater pressure will come. I guarantee it. If you try and be a bold witness, an unashamed Christian, even more pressure will be given. 
But that's our responsibility. That's what we've been put here to do. We are called to make a difference. We are called, each one of us, to be difference makers where God puts us. And we will never make that difference if we are too quiet, if we are too ashamed to speak up. You know, Jesus wasn't ashamed for you when he died on that cross. Jesus wasn't ashamed of you when he took your sin. He wasn't ashamed of me when he took my sin. He wasn't ashamed when he was beaten. He wasn't ashamed when he was put up on that tree. So why am I so often ashamed of him? Why am I so often ashamed of being labeled as a Christian? Why am I so often ashamed of sharing my faith? Why are, why are we as Christians so often not willing to step out in faith and be an unashamed Christian? So my challenge to you this evening is let's be unashamed Christians. Our world needs unashamed Christians. Our world needs someone who is willing to take a stand for the gospel of Christ. And there's enough people in this church right now that if every one of us were determined to live unashamed lives, we could turn this whole area upside down. We could turn Stratford, Bridgeport, this whole area upside down. God just needs someone to work with. God needs some unashamed Christians at White Oak Baptist Church. Lord, we do love you. Lord, and I thank you so much for the word of God. Lord, I thank you for the challenge that it is to me, Lord, to live an unashamed life. And I pray that you'd help me. I pray you'd forgive me for so often being ashamed so often not listening to your spirit, not standing up for you. Lord, I pray that you'd give us at White Oak Baptist Church an unashamed church for you. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.